I'll tell you what, Dan, I think a lot of the businesses that we've spoken about could take a page out of the lessons from the seven-year-old girl. 100%. I mean, I think that's the issue. A lot of business owners just don't know when is enough enough. Episode 198 of the Dan Bradbury Podcast. Oh, we're getting there. Getting close on 200, my friend. Yep, getting real close. Two, two away? <laughs> you are you are good at math, my friend. I tell you what, that's almost Tover Morrison math right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Except it was accurate. <laughs> let's get to it. Well played, my friend. Listen, uh, let's get into this. We've got a lot to talk about today, and we have a short time to get there. So let's let's talk about news of the week. Yeah, news of the week is about John Lewis. Uh, so John Lewis selling a six-fold increase in hot water bottles after the recent cold snap. And um, I think the relevance... I, of- I'm still traumatized from that cold snap, by the way. Being a Tampa guy out here in the UK, uh, I'm still traumatized. <laughs> For those that don't know, obviously, Tampa's in Florida. Uh, and so the I've often, over the years, messaged Topher at Christmas time. And then Christmas Day, Topher's been going, yep. It's cold here. It's, it's eighty degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 as for you uh, Brits, it's it's twelve degrees. Yeah. No, no, even more than that. It'd be it's seventeen degrees on Christmas Day. I'm in my flip flops and my hoodie. Right, right. So then bring you over to Oxford, especially with the recent cold snap. But, you know, this week's podcast is all about sales. So this isn't about John Lewis and it isn't about hot water bottles. But it it is interesting to see that, you know, um, a combination of the cold snap with the cost of living crisis, then 600% increase in uh, in water bottle sales. Yeah, Yeah. so the question is, what, what does this mean to small business owners? Yeah, well, I think, I think there's two lessons. Number one is, do you exploit the opportunities and raise your rates, which is price gouging? I would say no. Some capitalists might say, yeah, if you can make more profit, why not? But I think the other point is that in your business, you have to make certain capital investments. And just like you don't want to buy a hot water bottle when it's freezing, you don't want to buy an umbrella when it's raining, What's the thing in your business that goes up when you need it? Right. I, I mean, look, you, you can look at this a variety of different ways. You can talk about buying in bulk, simply just buying in bulk, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is bad for cash in the short term, but you get a discount, which means you've got higher margin and profit over the long term by using like a Costco or something like that. Is there, is there a formula? Do you have a formula where when is it smart to buy in bulk versus when is it smart to buy one off? Like, is there a certain amount of cash flow that you need to have to where you go there's no impact or? Anything like that? I, I, I don't have an off-the-cusp formula, but I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think ultimately you're, you need to have excess cash, the definition being uh, you've got reserves that are significantly beyond the kind of uh, operating cash flow needs plus a contingency fund of 6 to sure. 12 months of operating expenses. Uh, beyond that, then you might look to utilize it. You know, I think that uh, people act like cash is trash, right now because of inflation but that's mm-hmm. that's idiotic thinking mm. um uh, uh, cash is still king and always will be king because it allows you to strike for opportunities even when cash no longer exists cash will always be king yeah all right, all right. metaphorically <laughs> the ability to buy funds it just doesn't rhyme <laughs> right. quite as well so 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 uh, i i i i think it's about um uh, yeah so thinking about how do you buy things at a discount or understanding it as it relates to sales that's on the buying side on the selling side here's a stupid example which don't judge me too much for this but let's do oh, let's oh, do our, oh i will let's do our, trust me let's, I will. let's do our usual i'm the capitalist you're the socialist thing so <laughs> um 
uh, I'm going to say a long time ago, back in the day when I went through a bit of a supercar fetish, uh, uh, Tova. Which I still love to this day, how you are so judgmental on people who buy supercars, <laughs> neglecting the fact that you used to literally buy them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> multiple yeah anyway so 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 uh, a thing that uh, i learned was um so it, uh, one of the cars i had was a uh, a convertible uh, it was a ferrari uh, 430 spider right so a convertible ferrari and the uh, the sales price of those convertible type cars is higher i forget what percentage but a reasonable chunk five percent etc higher in the summer months than it is in the winter months interesting right so yeah. the advice is hey if you're if you're selling sell it at the start of the summer because mm-hmm. people want to buy and they're more like, oh yeah let's just buy it so i can enjoy the summer months yeah. which is about three days in the uk <laughs> <laughs> and by the way it cracks me up to see how many convertibles there are in london and like all it takes is just a break in the weather just a little break in the weather and all these convertibles pull over to the side of the road put their tops down Trank the heat right. and then drive it anyway. <laughs> I paid, so weird. I paid for this thing. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, um, I, I, and buy in the winter because people go, I've had the summer now. I'm going to sell it. The price is a little bit cheaper. Mm. So uh, thinking through when is the right time for you to buy things, yeah. but also when is the right thing for you to sell things. And here's my question. So I wouldn't think of somebody selling a, a Ferrari, convertible Ferrari in the summer as price gouging. But I do consider raising the price of an umbrella or raising the price of a water bottle during a freeze point or rain point. I consider that to be price gouging. I'm going to disagree with him. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I suppose I don't know where. How do you define the balance? Right. Th- that's it. Right. Where is that line? Let's, that you let's draw? take a more extreme example. More extreme. Right. Let's be more controversial. Why not? Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about PPE during COVID. I'm really glad you threw out the COVID there because I just thought you literally said pee pee. <laughs> I'm like, right. what the hell? Right. So, 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 uh, it shall remain nameless. Uh, 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 we have a client who uh, was unable to trade because of the nature of their business mm. in mm-hmm. the pandemic. Okay. And because they have a lot of expertise in, um, uh, dealing with logistics internationally, uh, they transitioned to buying and selling PPE. Ah, I know who you're talking about. Yes, right, right. Yeah. So, and so to be clear, uh, this person was an agent. They weren't making the PPE. They, they were literally connected. they brokered it. They just bought, bought low and sold high. Yeah, correct. They were trading. And, and what I know is this person has a very profitable, like their core business, which we're not naming. It was a very profitable eight-figure company anyway. Yeah. And all I know is that he did more sales in a month than he'd done in the previous, I don't want to say 12, but it was something like that. It was a ridiculous, unbelievable example. Here's what I would say, though. I don't think he was price gouging. He was simply filling a need in the market because people needed PPE. They had to have it. All right. So he didn't price gouge, well, right? He didn't, no, so let's yeah. differentiate. So, so tell me what the difference is between when is he going, oh, it's supply and demand. So I'm putting up yeah. the price because the demand was outrageously high and he had a product that was very scarce. Versus but, but did he charge cap- five times the regular price of a mask? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but it, it, is that wrong? Like if I, so let's take a different example. If I'm selling my house and... Uh, uh, and there gets to be a bidding war between two potential buyers, mm-hmm. 
right? Am I am I wrong? As long as I'm representing the truth, I'm not misrepresenting the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if two people are desperate and the price doubles, trebles, quadruples, here's here's my line. Then I think my line would be: is it a is it a a, a, a necessity purchase or is it a nicety purchase? Nobody has to buy your house. People had to buy PPE. Okay, good. All right, so I'm I'm gonna. Uh, take it's a, raining, you have take to advantage of this controversial topic by putting you on the spot of the moralistic decision making. So, if he has the box of masks and there's two <clears throat> different care homes that both want the box of masks, are you saying? I know he said his name, then I'm kind of really kind of didn't. <laughs> uh, uh, are you saying that you should have got go uh, go? No, actually, no. This is the price. Whoever pays first, that is that. That uh, is it. Yeah, I really hate you right now. Because okay, then I go now. Do I move the line to where is it just individuals or corporations? I don't know. It's a great question, though, right? Like correct. And, and to be honest, I to not to let you off the hook. Am I feeling okay? Are, so, are uh, you okay? Yeah, uh, yeah. When uh, have you ever let me I, know? I don't think that there is a clean right or wrong answer. It's, to it's, be clear, he usually puts me on the hook and then throws me out into the sea. Yeah, and it pales you <laughs> a few more times. Uh, and I think that, that that's where we've gone with a different angle of this week's podcast about sales. It's like, it's sales, but it's not sales at any cost. Because you can do tactics, yes, nefarious like that. tactics that get you more sales in the short term that are detrimental long term. Mm. Uh, and uh, you can tell I've watched the uh, the new Avatar movie recently. Holistically, um, like what, what's what's uh, you know if it's if it's bad for people, it's bad in, like in the long term, yeah. right? So yeah. I'd rather have uh, sales that are more sustainable. And ultimately, if it's better for people, if it's better for the planet, it probably is better for sales in the long term because. Mm. I believe, I don't know about the listeners, but I believe society as a whole is becoming more conscious. Yes, it's more fractious and there's more disagreements. It's it's weird. We're becoming more conscious, but we're becoming less empathetic. That's that's an interesting dichotomy. Oh, okay, interesting. Well, I was going to use the example of the kind of ECG that people are more making decisions, more like to make deci- more like to make decisions about I'm going to use this business because they are carbon neutral, for example, or because they d- right. Don't- but then again, how much of that's just greenwashing? Well, maybe, but the the point that I'm making, though, is that the buying decisions, whether it's been done by greenwashing or not, the, some of the buying decisions are now more uh, more likely, increasingly more likely to be uh, predicated on the fact that the company appears to be, whether it is or not, uh, environmentally conscious. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah. And, and one could argue if it's greenwashing or not, is it still better than not? I don't know. I don't know. Right. So, 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 so it's about selling, but selling in a sustainable way. How do you maximize sales, but in a sustainable way, in a healthy way? But where does ethics come in? How do you sell in an ethical way as well? Which could probably lead us into the fail of the week. Yeah, so the fail of the week is multiple councils across the UK for failing to take action against shops with illicit tobacco sales. Right? So, so there were... Um, uh, in the last year, there's only been um, uh, 30 illicit tobacco raids on dodgy shops. Sorry, that was in the past three years. So that's just 10, uh, 10 a year for 90% of all county councils in the UK. Uh, and so the point being that, that while there are strict rules about tobacco, tobacco sales, but even if it wasn't about tobacco, this is about people misrepresenting and fake cigarettes, fake brands, uh, taking advantage so of So here brands. we can get on the same page, right? We may have had some philosophical debate about price gouging or just taking 
the 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 opportunities that are there but we're definitely on the same page with this one which is misrepresentation never works yeah, uh, cor- yeah. correct but uh, and laws are only good uh, and this is legal comment but laws are only good if they're enforced yeah right so hampshire which is a pretty darn large uh, county jail from the south of england uh, recorded only one seizure of illicit tobacco in three years Right, uh, um, three years so one th- season. Do you think they were just turning a blind eye then and just letting it happen? Is that yeah? Because I, 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 I think fundamentally, uh, and again, it's not about councils; it's about businesses. Businesses have only got so much capacity, so much resource, so they decide where to deploy it. Because mm. if you kind of go, oh yeah, the council needs to do everything. Well, yeah, it does need to do everything. But what's more important? Yeah, pick your battles. Right, repairing the roads, illicit uh, uh, tobacco sales, or insert or sex X. trafficking. Or cigarettes. Correct. Yeah. Or recycling. Or, all right, uh, like this money has to be spread. And sometimes if you spread yeah. it thin, there's no prioritization. So it, it, it's a really interesting thing, but it's, it, and it will change in different contexts. So if you say, and it doesn't say this in the article, I don't believe, but if you say cost of living crisis, etc., um, consumers might be more inclined to buy mm-hmm. A, a, mm-hmm. A, a knockoff. A, a knockoff because it's cheaper. All right, and therefore the sellers are then going, oh, the market wants this. I guarantee you so a lot of people could go, I'm doing a service because I'm giving people something that they want for a lot less, but it's still, it's illicit. Yeah. Right. So so, so uh, the, the thing I'd be telling business owners to think about is, where do you need to put more resources? Right. So what, is there an opportunity in the market, but where, where do you put more resources, but, but then... How do you decide when enough is enough? How do you how do you do things which sales that's right the, now? That's the million dollar question, right? How do you know when enough is enough? Yeah. Which, oh, by the way, I will tell you right now. I'm, we, glad, I'm glad you picked up on that subtle cue. We, we, we could we could literally go right into the hero of the week because of that. Uh, yeah. So the hero of the week. This is just such a phenomenal story. So this is seven-year-old Raya Holland. Uh, uh, that's not uh, Raya. That's uh, <laughs> David George. But a seven-year-old from Gosport um, uh, provided essential items and raised money for a homeless charity after noticing people who were living uh, rough in a kind of a, a Did, hometown. But how she raised her money is the important. She sold her toys to raise money for homeless people. That's pretty epic. Uh, at a seven-year-old. That's right. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, and what I love about this is uh, the sense of, um, well, again, uh, conscientiousness, like her being aware. And going back to the earlier point about how it, if it's good for society, it's good for you in the future. I mean, yeah. what's that going to do for that for that uh, young girl's self-confidence? Oh, uh, yeah, no kidding, People's right? perception yeah. of her. Yeah, uh, and it will open up opportunities. I, I, I will tell you this. Honestly, I think those previous companies could take a page from this seven-year-old girl's ethical playbook, for sure. Yes, yes. In fact, I, I'm torn over about whether or not I go down this road. Uh, uh, are you going to agree you know, with me right now? No, no. no? You, oh. you, you, you probably know where I'm going. So what, what this uh, rhymes for me is the... Uh, Reminds me is the argument. So, so the inverse of this of being like conscious and thinking about other people. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Should we talk about Andrew Tate? Oh gosh, yeah, he could have been the fail of the week, the news of the week, the jerk of the week, right? Yeah. But, but, yeah. but what idiot about, of the week? Uh, uh, um, I, I'm drawing a mental blank right now of the uh, the lady's name, the Greta. young woman. Yeah, Greta. Greta. Thunberg. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Greta. Um, of where he and her were having a, a, a fight, a debate on 
on um well, well to be clear he picked it he yeah. voluntarily right, right. Out. and to be, to, yeah. be, to be clear i i've only heard it anecdotally i've not gone to twitter and read the tweets but effectively he was being but my opinion being a bit of a douche about talking about all the cars that he's got and 100 uh, uh, yeah. but then the thing that undid him was like he was making this arrogant comment and said i wouldn't even recycle these pizza boxes yeah, yeah right yeah. and the the photo of the pizza box from a local pizzeria which resulted in, in the, the authorities him. to be yeah. able to uh, perceive um, his location, and then they were able to subsequently arrest him on uh, uh, sex trafficking charges. I believe is what it was. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was. It was in that kind of that space. I'm not sure if it was sex trafficking. Or, yeah, I think it might have been. But yeah. but let's just make sure we're not doing anything illegal. We don't know for sure. Yeah, we don't know what yeah, he was arrested yeah, for, but yeah. he was but arrested. It, was, it wasn't good. Uh, yeah, and uh, so my observation was that 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 that. that uh, my opinion is that e- e- ego battle about making the point like uh, which seemed came across to me at least as egotistical look at me trying to defend myself legally now you know, <laughs> uh, 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 caused his uh, downfall yeah. and then Gre- do you see Greta's comeback uh, it was a, a burn of the year for sure yeah no problem uh, so, oh, which one by the way because she owned him several times right, right well, and the, the line that I particularly loved was after he got arrested she just tweeted and said, see, that's, that's what, what happens when you don't recycle pizza boxes. Yes, yes, I loved it, yeah. Yeah, so I love it. So, so, so yeah, I, w- what I love about this, uh, uh, about Rhea, I hope I'm pronouncing your, your mm-hmm. name right, Rhea, um, is that she's uh, made a difference for great cause and get the PR out there. And, and by the way, um, Simon Inchley, who's previously been on this podcast, uh, says that uh, good charity is often good business. Absolutely. By the way, we should actually throw some attention. We'll put her website, because I think she now has a website where she's raising funds. Uh, if, if she doesn't, we'll put it in the show notes, and let's uh, let's all go over there and send her some money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah, excellent. All right, cool. Let's go to uh, Book of the Week, my friend. Well, Book of the Week, and I've deliberately chosen a more controversial book for this Book of the Week. But I like this, because we're talking about, like, there's kind of a theme here, this episode, which is sales and where's the ethical line. Right, right. So, so the book of the week is uh, by Mr. Jordan Belfort, The Wolf of Wall Street. And, and his book is actually his third book, I believe, which is his first, I don't want to say nonfiction because they're all nonfiction, but the first two were about his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and this third one is actually a sales book. And yeah, it's called is- Way of the Wolf, yeah. Straight Line Selling. Uh, Master the Art of Persuasion, Influence, and Success. And, and actually, to have a, so I've read this book, but also I, I actually attended... Um, his straight line selling course probably it was before the Wolf of Wall Street movie came out. Mm, wow, interesting. Um, and so the book had come out, and I read it, and it was again. I was in my late twenties at the time, uh, so perhaps egotistically it appealed to me a little bit more as, as well. But in my head, I tried to differentiate and say, okay, he did a lot of unethical things, but actually I think that 90% of what he did was legitimate. Maybe borderline immoral. But the 10% was straight up illegal. Of course. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, and obviously that put him in prison, and rightfully so, just to be explicit. Yeah. But uh, if you strip out the uh, illegal elements and and then choose where to draw your line on the things that are unethical, the fact was he's an ethics sales I, trainer. He and I clearly probably have different lines. See, I don't even know that I'd want to read this book just because I'm afraid I'd pull up I, I, like unethical I, I, habits. I or would encourage you to be open-minded because the, I believe one of the largest parts of why this guy became immensely wealthy. Uh, don't put it all in the bucket of oh well he was illegal and he was doing this. No, no, tr- like. 
this guy was going to do phenomenally well. You know, you know why? He was incredible salesperson, but more importantly, he was able to take guys off the street, broke guys, uneducated guys, and train them to be able to sell um, financial products to the wealthiest one percent of Americans. Mm. And to that, you've got to say, you know what? The fact that he was able to do that consistently at scale, he had over a 1,000 brokers, I believe, at the peak uh, wow. working for him, right? The fact that he was able to do that at scale tells you he was an exceptional sales trainer. And I'm sorry, I disagree with anybody who goes, oh, it was only because he was doing the illegal stuff. That's clearly not true. He, he, he again, to restate, he was clearly did illegal things that resulted in him in rightfully <laughs> like going you, to prison. Look, let's, we've already said it's bad. That's off the table. Right, right. right. <laughs> uh, and the fact is... Um, you know, uh, he well, he was not selling cocaine, right? 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 He, he was consuming quite a bit. He, of it, he was. Though. But the point, the point that that's why the business survived for such a long time and made such an immense amount of money. He would have been successful, maybe only half as successful if he'd been a hundred percent straight. Would it be interesting? I wonder if now, as he's matured and grown, if he would say, "Yeah, I actually would have been happier if I would have been half as successful." Because there's, we, we we go back to this again. Like at some point in time, you have to draw a line. You have to know how much enough is enough. Yeah. Now I'm torn. Like I want to argue the other side. If you watch videos of him, he'll say similar things to that and i'm a little bit skeptical about whether or not i believe it right uh, yeah. right a little bit disingenuous uh, however the point i would make for people there is way of the wolf is w- worth picking up stay open-minded i like, don't put otherwise you're at the extreme of like oh if somebody screws up in their life once like i don't know they got a dui or something like that you now got everything they've done is bad you know yeah but i think there's a little bit difference between doing something once that's bad like a dui and repeatedly right, doing well, it and well, getting caught once. Well, well I was going to say, we're going to get into a philo- <laughs> philosophical debate, right? It's kind of like, if somebody excels in one area of life, like, uh, um, you know, I don't know, they're the best tennis player or sports player, and you're in that sport, but in their private life, I don't know, they abuse their sp- physically abuse their spouse, that's wrong, that's deplorable. But does that not mean you, you oh, I can't study the, how they swing the... There's not some benefit in the thing that they're good at. Right. And and that's probably the point that I would make for this book is he's a masterful salesman and sales trainer. So take advantage of some of the things that he offers you. And you know what? Take out the bits that you like. And if you don't like some bits or it crosses the moral or ethical line for you, leave that on the shelf. But his stuff's really, really good. Fair enough. All right. Well, then let's move into the quote of the week, which is another gentleman, which I think you and I probably have some difference of opinions on. Um, I... I'm 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 mixed on this guy, but I cannot take any of his brilliance away from him either. Well, interestingly, it was this guy who uh, I'm actually not a big fan of, but Chad Conger, one-time hero of the week on this podcast, yes. used to work for this guy. In fact, he was headhunted from working from me before. He stole he, Frank stole him from you, didn't he? Correct. Uh, which, by the, by the way, um, uh, and he stole him from me. Remember that. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You stole Chad Conger from me, no. what, 15 years ago? I, 10 years I, I ago. took a yeah. demoralized, <laughs> unhappy, underpaid employee uh, uh, and, and. You gave him shelter. Exactly. <laughs> Some would call it abusive, Tova. Oh. Uh, Mahesh, this one's for you. I try not to take the piss and go too far, but. Uh, at this point in time, we've derailed now. So yeah, we're completely off topic. Yeah. So, but actually, but it was Frank. Uh, for, we'll get to the quote in a second. Who actually put me on to Jordan? So, um, 
Uh, oh, interesting. So, so Frank yeah. is a is a uh, infamous internet marketer, and he, he is hilarious. Uh, or be I will say he's got a, perce- a persona. He's of being, just so cocky. I just have a hard time with him. Well, he's got a persona, but, of, but he can back it up though. He's right? got a persona of he does he doesn't work, but actually, I'll tell you behind the scenes, and Chad will tell you this. Like this guy works really hard, but he, his persona is one of like, hey, you know, well, I, you know, I just did this today, but actually, he's yeah. uh, approaches it very seriously. But anyway, the quote I quite like, which is. Selling stuff is easy. All you got to do is give away stuff that makes people happy. And then sell stuff that makes them even happier. And I got to say, I do love that quote. It's it's a, especially in today's market where we have these freemium products and you've got to give a lot of stuff away to get people to buy into you. It makes a lot of sense. I love oh, it. We're doing this podcast, yeah. right? Ultimately, we're giving people a taste and they like it. And and some people, if they want to go deeper, that great. They come along to one of our programs. Uh, which, by the way, if you have enjoyed this podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, so you get notified every time we send out a new podcast. As a socialist, and I'll say, as a capitalist, hey, uh, if you're suitable and if you've got a million in uh, revenue and you're a B2B service-based business, come <laughs> along and apply to join one of our mastermind programs. Hell yes. Nothing wrong with that as well. All right. Let's wrap it up, my friend. All right. As always, if you want a better business, you need to become a better business owner. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners. 